Welcome back to Two Jack Bros. And if it's your first time, welcome to you too. And thank you for giving us a shot. I am Sydney. This is Ansley. Hello. And today our guest is none other than the Rob Cruz. Yes. I'm excited to be here. Man, I'm Genuinely. excited to have you here. This yeah. It's exciting. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Yes. Now you can check out Rob Cruz on his podcast, Do Rag and the Deer Tag. And you have another podcast, right? Yeah. Uh, what up with Rob and Cody? What up with Rob and Cody? Check him out on both of those podcasts. Rob is a funny guy. He and his co-hosts are very funny together. Uh, Also, check out our Patreon. One dollar gets you all of our exclusive content. Uh, You only get, you not only get to counter to this podcast, (laughs) which we call Two Jack Bros After Dark. In this podcast, we enlighten this guy. We take him through the path to enlightenment. On the Patreon, we enlighten his shadow self. Ooh, it's about to get dark in here, but not yet. Rob, what's up? (laughs) <laughs> doing good man yeah 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 okay. so you you know what we do on this podcast right you have an idea you have yeah. an idea uh so if you don't know what we do what we do is like i said the premise of this podcast is to prove that you can have a dark sense of humor and still reach enlightenment or a higher consciousness however you like to describe it so we take our guests down the path of enlightenment so that you the listener and ansley and i can laugh our way to a higher consciousness can't wait you ready Yes. <laughs> that was a long intro. Was <laughs> <laughs> it like longer than normal, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. But we were all on board. We all were ready. Yeah. It did feel like a restaurant. It's like, have you, have you guys been here before? <laughs> yeah. All right. Just, just so you know, our specials. Yeah. <laughs> I think I added new specials. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't even know. Don't ask me the What's ingredients. What's the two Jack Rose soup don't of the ask day? Me the ingredients. <laughs> so everybody gets the same questions, right? And uh, Hansley, take it away. Yes. Rob, what experience or event did you learn the most from? Um, I would probably say my experience being a musician before going into comedy. I, I was pursuing that heavy from, well, I, I was a musician from like first grade to now, I guess, but wait, pursuing wait, wait. it. Are you counting your time with the recorder? As musicianship, <laughs> <laughs> like what? What was your first grade? Mary had a little lamb to now. Yeah, <laughs> no, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I started playing guitar in first grade. Oh, yes. You have heavy musician vibe to you. Really? Like, yeah, I wasn't shocked by that. Is it my Chuck it. Taylors? <laughs> I couldn't even. She, see she doesn't them. know what Chuck Taylors. I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so you started playing the guitar at a young age. Yeah. And um, were you were you a prodigy? Nope, <laughs> my, uh, but but I do have a musical family. My mom plays classical piano, okay. and I'll learn it with her. She would like play along to sheet music with me. And then uh, from age 17 to like 24, 25, pursued it seriously, toured the country a few times. And um, yeah, I, I think through that, I learned how to be more entrepreneurial, I didn't have like a traditional college experience. I didn't go away to school. So that was kind of my time to just kind of find myself, meet a bunch of weird, cool people, learned how to judge character um, and judge my own character. And I I don't know. It it was just like a huge pressure cooker for myself, basically. Okay. what did, eh. did you still play guitar when you were, I assume you were touring with a band? Yeah. Um, one of the bands that I toured with a lot, I played guitar, and then another one I sang, actually. Okay. Um, and yeah, a, a lot of that was just like 
dudes in a van sleeping in parking lots and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, I feel like it gave me uh, work ethic and it taught me, it, it informed me a lot going into comedy. I feel like it helped for the switch. Um, and I, I think going into it, I wanted something out of it that I didn't really want. I, I think... Out of I, music, you're saying? Yeah. Okay, so... Uh, I, I think from pursuing it so hard, I, I didn't even... I, I wanted to be creatively fulfilled, but I also kind of just wanted to be famous. Okay. And from being around people that are like that, I realized it's just a horrible idea to just pursue something to be famous. Um, because it's pretty empty... And it just doesn't save you at all. Not that I was famous and I would know at all, but um, just kind of being around that. And touring so much, you kind of realize that it's not that cool. A lot of it is just waiting around all day. And then for 25 minutes to an hour, you do what you really want to do. Then the rest is just waiting around. You could also do cool shit all day. You could. You could. <laughs> Are you just now finding that out? <laughs> you, you can. You can. But it depends on budget, too. Like, we were kind of trying to spread it thin throughout. Yeah. Um, yeah, bus touring is probably awesome. When I see that, I'm like, now that's living. Yeah. But then, also at the same time, so the one of the bands we did, Warp Tour, and... We were kind of around some bands that did some pretty what, what, cool stuff. What were stuff. these bands called? I mean, I wouldn't recognize them, but people listening might. Yeah, no one will. Okay. Um, <laughs> so uh, the band that was on Warped Tour was called Reckless Serenade. And then the band that I sang in was called Moonwalker. That was after that. That okay. was right before I went to comedy. And um, and Reckless Serenade, that, that Warped Tour was crazy because we weren't a big band at all. Like our agent knew Kevin Lyman, who created warp tour and we got to go in on the stipulation where it's this tradition there called the barbecue band mm-hmm. so the barbecue band gets to perform every day but they lug around this like industrial sized grill and at the end of the day they cook for all the bands all the crew stuff like that <laughs> and that's the deal yeah. <laughs> yeah and for like two and a half months it was like you know get to the city um, you know, get breakfast, promote ourselves in line, um, you know, play the show, sell merch. Half of the team starts prepping the grill and stuff. The other team goes to BJ's, buys like, you know, 100 burgers, 100 dogs, fuck, buns, all that stuff. And then, um, you know, we cook for everyone till like 11 p.m. We clean it up, we break it down, then drive ourselves overnight to the next city. And we did that for like, two and a half months and I thought I knew what working hard was before that but like yeah. that was actually working hard I was like up until my life uh, up until this point in my life I was a huge bitch yeah yeah I had no idea what hard work was and that was only for two and a half months I was like damn this is bananas Wait, that was uh, two and a half months that you were a half band half caterer yeah um <laughs> yeah in the wild. summer that's a long time yeah <laughs> yeah. A long time. yeah yeah um so, yeah, in that experience, I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, you know, so I was going to say, like, if you had to boil down in a sentence what that experience has given you, what would you, how would you do that? Um, hmm. 
don't don't buy into the hype. Okay. It yeah. didn't have to be something to put on a t-shirt, but we can put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's how I felt after that though. Cuz um yeah, the the lifestyle is almost as important as what you're actually doing. Mm-hmm. Like I realized you know, who you're doing it with is so important having good people around you and just I don't know, the the lifestyle of it is everything because you're you're really only doing what you want to do similar to comedy for a very small portion of it and then the rest is kind of just to make that happen like behind the scenes stuff so if you don't love the behind the scenes stuff most of your life just kind of sucks was your would like did you love your bandmates or did you i did like, yeah i was very lucky are you still friends with them yeah yeah are um, any of them still pursuing the musician life um, no one is touring anymore. Okay. Yeah. All of them are like producers or something like that. But they're um, still in music. Uh, two of them are. The rest of them kind of ventured off. Um, oh yeah. And, um, I was around some people that were like famous in that niche mm-hmm. and they seem pretty miserable. And mm-hmm. when you see them, you, you realize it is kind of strange yeah, but we to, don't know what kind of music he played he could have played that like gloomy music where everybody's yeah. sad all the time. you know what i mean that's true that's true it's like it's, yeah. it's, it doesn't sound like he was playing happy rap yeah <laughs> it wasn't yeah. it wasn't a rastafarian band from what i'm picking up so far that is true right, you know I mean? right? the, the warp tour scene is strange because it's like a bunch of older dudes playing music that teenagers are into yeah so but what already kind of music did your band play it was like pop punk rock so okay. it was kind so of in guys, that world were you guys yeah. a little emo a little bit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm, yeah. yeah. It's in the community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, That's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. But um yeah, seeing very uh people being very conscious of their social media following and mm. stuff yeah. like that, trying to please just like a bunch of people they don't know. It was kinda weird. And um you well, you would see a lot of like preachy stuff on stage there. That stuff that is they didn't weird mean. when you don't fully believe in the reason you're doing it. Yes. Yeah. And that, yeah. that's kinda what pushed me into comedy. Sick. Yeah. Sick. Has comedy been different than yeah. musician? Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like I became way more confident of a person after comedy. Um, I, I think it's because it, it's so much more of owning myself. Uh, the, there's some interviews on YouTube uh, of me with that band Reckless Serenade. And I look wildly uncomfortable the whole time. I'm just like, <sighs> because... I, I didn't feel cool, like in that scene, because mm-hmm. like the whole time it just wanted to be like tits, glitz, just like say like crazy shit. Yeah, you sound like a overly sexed chupacabra. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you That's what you the- wanted to be doing. That's why you came into comedy. Have you ever heard of the hashtag Me Too movement? Rob? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'm happy to report I say tits and glitz whenever I want. <laughs> well, I, yeah. also, comedy is a whole lot easier to avoid the gloomy gusses. You know. Like you can get around people that are just having trying to trying to make people laugh and have a good time. Yeah, but then there, but when I first entered comedy, I was surprised at how much of a bummer it was in the scene. Uh, I, I I think an open mic comedy. I can't be bummed out by people being bitches. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, fair. Dude, that's on them. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's uh, and that but that is I mean, that is the the thing about everything. Because everything you want to be involved in has people, and everywhere people group 
hierarchies exist. And anytime there are hierarchies, there is a way that you can advance through the hierarchy, not by the merit system that is imposed, but by some social structure that allows you to progress. Yeah. Right. So that's that's literally that's going to be in everything. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, I feel like it's a pretty overdone comparison with music and comedy, but there isn't it's not separated by genres. So like the hardcore scene doesn't have to get along with like, you know, the singer songwriters or something mm-hmm. like that. They, they don't go to the same mics. Yeah. Uh, which I, I felt was interesting going into comedy. And but from personal experience with music, when someone was super nice to me, I was suspicious of it. Or like being like, why are they being so nice to me? And now in comedy, if someone's super mean to me, I'm like, why are they being so yeah. mean to me? But what, what's going on? Are they are they pissed about a spot or yeah. something like that? It's th- There's definitely fake niceness in comedy, but it's a little different. Yeah. So we're, we're going we're gonna to hop into these chakras. So again, don't buy the hype mm-hmm. is how yes. he would boil down his experience of being a touring musician, learning the lifestyle, seeing that it wasn't for him. Now he's in the comedy doing something that he loves. Don't buy the hype, motherfuckers. Yes. <laughs> I added yes. that. Is that okay? Is I that like gonna, it. It's going to be on the t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I like on the it. back of it? Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's like, you know, like mother and it's like F star. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's for the kids. Yeah. <laughs> <You can wear laughs> it's it for, it for the kids. All right, Anthony, let's get these chakras open. All right, Rob, how did you learn to overcome fear? Um, I don't... I guess with fear, I don't think I've overcome being truly terrified. Mm, still a bitch. Write that down. <laughs> <laughs> like, like if someone like pointed a gun at me and like robbed me in the city, like walking away from that, I don't think I would be like, wow, overcame that. <laughs> but, but like fear in terms of like anxiety and just overall being afraid to like pursue something, I, I think... For me, it's just approaching it like a lawyer a little bit, just like gathering the case Are you against Jewish? the fear. <laughs> I, I'm half Jewish. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm the sorry. lawyer thing? What, what, yeah, yeah. That, was, that was. That was it. I'm sorry, but I was right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this is what I do when I'm schwitzing. <laughs> That was so reflexive of me to ask, too. And I'm, I'm when you're afraid, you have to know your rights. <laughs> okay, so um, uh, how do you lawyer in these situations? I have to lawyer it. Yeah. So um, eventually, like with, with comedy, I was very terrified to do it. And then as time went on, I got like a little better at it. And I was like, all right, like there's some hope. And yeah. I, I just, from gathering evidence i guess that i shouldn't be as afraid of it yeah you know it, it made me feel more and more comfortable so i guess just ex- uh, leaning into it okay. basically um uh we're gonna have to pause this podcast to explain to rob what a lawyer does <laughs> <laughs> did, that, did that sound like lawyering to you i expected to be to hear some sort of lawyer term come on rob Evidence? He gathered evidence. He gathered evidence. He gathered evidence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Building a case. That's, that's, that's a scientist. That's a detective. That's a... I overrule my fear. Ooh. <laughs> you like that shit? Ooh. You like that? So he does lawyer it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I like it. So, yeah. so I, I mean, I, I'm assuming what you mean by lawyering, though, is to convince yourself over time that yes. it is the right thing. So, like, how, how difficult... 
how good of a lawyer do you have to be? Um, it gets easier and easier for me. I think. <laughs> so you're like We're a like, shittier and shittier lawyer. <laughs> like well, like ties getting loose yeah. <laughs> over time. Yeah, I, I, I look at it as I'm getting shittier and shittier cases that are like more like home runs. Oh, okay. Because I, I think. Okay, so going into comedy. Tie, Six two. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm coasting. Slick, yeah. A slick lawyer, like, are you, psh, are you serious? This is beneath me. Yeah. I'll do it, but it's beneath me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I, I think going into comedy from music was changed my life because I always loved comedy, but I kind of just went into this musician path and I thought, like, oh, that's just what I can do. And then going into comedy and eventually not sucking at it, like, really changed my mind about mm-hmm. what I can do personally. Yeah. Like, it, it really made me believe, like, like, a lot of things are just a matter of effort. And usually when I'm nervous about something, it's just because there's just something I haven't learned yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um now, do, do, you yeah. have a, do you have a time from, and this is at any point in your life, that you remember when you were the most scared? Um, I think, <laughs> <laughs> what if I was just like, <laughs> 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 um, man, I mean, I get, I get scared a lot still. Yeah. But I, I get over it faster. I, I was a very scared kid mm-hmm. all the time. So I would imagine you had some pretty big peaks then of, of fear, especially when you're a scared kid and you have an imagination and you get to add stuff to whatever's happening to increase the fear. Yeah, I, I had a lot of irrational fears, like driving around. Like if I saw a plane, I thought it was going to fall on us Yeah, for no reason. And just uh, I also had a, a helicopter mom, Jewish mom, yeah. which is like, always on me so i experienced things a little later yeah so like the 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 real world kind of frightened me okay mm-hmm. longer of, than it would for is, most uh, people a lot of this is aviation based so far <laughs> 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 yeah you, you yeah. think think planes are gonna fall on you you gotta have a helicopter mom my dad was a stealth bomber parent <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> so uh when you 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 bring up the reason that your mom was a helicopter mom to suggest that you didn't get to experience a lot of things. Is that why you bring that up? Yeah. Um, but when I experienced things for the first time, I was kind of late to the party for a lot of it. So it seemed, I think I got more frightened from certain things, like especially like social interactions. Yeah. Because no one else was afraid of it because they'd been there and I was the only one that was nervous. Mm-hmm. It seemed that they could have been nervous. Like but. late to sleepovers, late to first dates and like that kind of stuff or like. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Um, yeah. They don't really ride my bike with friends like alone uh. to like, uh, like, I like was, eighth, ninth grade or something like that. It was, dude, it was I too was, late. I was always jealous of, it, it's just so funny how like the, you know, it's like the grass is always greener on the other side. Yeah. Because not having any sort of, I was, a, I was more of a free range kid. You know, like more of a feral upbringing, Mm -hmm. you know, so I didn't really have, you know, I was just out there as a kid and I would see kids that were getting to experience things like that for the first time, like way up in an older age. And for me, it was just like, man, 
like the whimsy he's experiencing right now. <laughs> if I could experience that now when I can actually appreciate that I'm experiencing it. Yeah. Goodness yeah. gracious. That would be cool. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. No, for, I, I could see that. I, I kind of got that with my sister because she came out later as gay. And can I say gay here? Um. Yeah. Yeah. Hansley, is that okay with you? Okay with me, yes. Okay. All right, cool. You yeah. guys are cool. Uh, yeah. Wait, um, wait, wait. Which one of us does he think is gay? <laughs> <laughs> should I know that? Should I? Should we know? No, we'll talk. We'll talk later. Okay. Uh, but yeah, you can say gay. All right, cool, cool. Uh, sustained. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, like she, she, she wasn't like out in the open and like dating people till she was like in her twenties, and she experienced that later. And it was kind of cool to like watch her like have like a first love yeah. and stuff like that. that was age. it like, but was the whole family like, ah, we knew you were gay or were you all kind of like, huh? Like, like, did, or like puzzle piece fit or was it like a complete shock? I think we were kind of like, she might be gay, but I, I feel like when she came out, it was almost a letdown for her because <laughs> there was almost no reaction. Yeah. yeah. We were like, ah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. With my mom, she she would have reacted harder if she's like, "I'm not going to college." Yeah, yeah. I'd be like, "What?" Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, still Jewish. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, but so you're you're you were you were attempting to recall a moment of uh, high fear in your life. Yeah, yeah. Very. So we got, terrified kid. Yeah, of so like made up stuff. general general terror. General <laughs> terror. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I was always afraid like someone was breaking in the house. Like what? One time I I called the cops because I was in my basement and I like looked under like the crack of my basement door and there was someone standing there and I called the cops like freaking out and the cops got there and I opened the door and it was just my dad's shoes. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Were you the only one in the house at this time? Nope. <laughs> Did you let anybody else in the house know that you called the cops? Uh no I. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to wake. The case. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to wake them up. They start making noise. He starts going to their room. Mm. I was like, he seems to be pretty happy where he is. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want him to go somewhere else. He seems to really like this spot. The cops came in the house like mom and dad still don't know what's going on. Or they like, yeah. yeah. Now, was he in a particularly befuddling spot? Like, was he in a spot that you were like, it makes sense that he's confused there? <laughs> or, or were you just like, I don't get it? Um, I mean, both of the shoes were just pointing right at the door. <laughs> he was just waiting for the moment to like, strike. Was there like attack. a calendar yeah. on the Was there anything on the door that he could have been reading? <laughs> or he was just patiently nope. waiting outside the door to murder you, I'm guessing? Yeah, all logic went out the window. I, I thought like... um. Oh, I forget what movie this is from. It's from fuck. It's something about like if you make something more scared, the meat is better. <laughs> <laughs> the little monsters. Ah, oh, fuck! I forget, dude. Okay. But yeah, I, I thought he was just trying to spook me. Yeah. Before he yeah. ate you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought he was. It, I thought it was pageantry. That's yeah. what I thought it was. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you were get you were you were being. Serial killed. In my mind. It was like someone with a gimmick. <laughs> right, right, right. I, I thought he was the New Balance killer. Yeah, yeah. the New Balance loiterer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, we'll consider that a fear chakra unlocked. Yes. Right? Yeah. And so keep it moving. All right. 
Um, so this is a little segment we like to call my bad. So it's a chance for you to apologize to a person, place, or thing in the world in order to set your karma back to neutral. Mm. What's going on, guys? We just got done doing Rob's Patreon episode, and boy, was it a good time. Right, right, blah, 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 blah. Rob, <laughs> did you have a good time? It was fucking awesome, dude. Hell yeah, man. Yes. A lot of fun. And uh, w- by the way, we didn't mention on this episode that you're watching right now or the Patreon that it is hot as fuck in this studio right now. <laughs> and you need to give us credit for the grace with which we handled this episode. Mm-hmm. $1 gives yeah. you all of our exclusive content, which includes the counter to this podcast, which we call Two Jack Bros After Dark, where we enlighten Rob's shadow self, as well as fight commentary and analysis on Ansley's jiu-jitsu matches and some comedy stuff that we put up there. Stand-up stuff, 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 comedy stuff. We put stuff, we do stuff. $1 gets you all of our exclusive content. Now let's get back to the show and find out who or what Rob has to apologize to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this is, by the way, the, fee, uh, the pelvis chakra. My schmeckle chakra. Your schmeckle? Okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm learning. Yeah. <laughs> By SS. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you uh, just subtly agree to a fucking mm, Hitler joke. Did you even notice what you did? I don't know. You're too agreeable sometimes. <laughs> uh, I'm the same way. Yeah. You're all uh, you're dressed in Nazi colors. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Um but yeah, so Schmeckle. Yeah, my Schmeckle chakra. Um so uh, sorry. Apologize to To a person, place or thing. Um I think to my friends and family for my 20s um i'm about to be 29 but like i feel like from (laughs) my 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 early my early mid 20s uh uh, i feel like from pursuing music and comedy i I was so into that i was just very self-centered i was a great acquaintance horrible friend Mm -hmm. like i i there was a lot of people that i was cool with would check in once in a while and very surface level i was a good friend but like when it really came down to it bad friend um yeah and i feel like that hurt some people Uh, i feel like are you a better friend now i'm trying to be Uh, i'm not there yet i'm trying to simplify things reach out to friends more um i'm in a relationship now just focusing on that and actually making time and just thinking outside of myself more. I think, I think I'm getting over that, being so self-involved. Do you have a specific, like, memory of, like, this person needed you and you weren't there for it that, like, tugs at your heartstrings? There's a decent amount, so it's, like, kind of... You have to pick. It's kind of hard. I mean, I mean, there was definitely... I missed like birthdays, like friends and stuff like that. Um, with like girlfriends, like when they were over, like they would just be hanging on my bed and I would just be like writing music, like ignoring them, like super dick move. And, um, and I feel like too, in a way. Now, uh, so was there, was there a time when you, because not not all of these instances that you're describing could could automatically mean a person's upset. Like if you missed a birthday but you had a gig, maybe they, that person can understand it. If you have to like hop up, you know, after coming and start writing a song, maybe she's like, "I'm his muse." Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, but there was is there a specific time that you remember? Like 
I know I'm hurting this person, but I'm putting me first. Um, I think with what well, one of my friends it was her birthday, and I knew about it for a while, and then just like a thing came up that I thought was a good opportunity and did that instead of going. And I could tell she was super bummed. Um, and that kind of got me thinking about it more. That wasn't the biggest mm-hmm. instance of it, but that was kind of one of the times where I was like, damn, I'm being very selfish. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't feel good. Like I'm realizing that I do care about how my personal life goes. I, I thought I really just wanted career to go well. I thought once career went well, everything would fall in line. Mm-hmm. But it really isn't like that. And once I started investing in my personal life more, nurturing my relationships, I feel dope. Yeah. And I, I feel like it's made my like pursuits better because I'm – Thinking from more of a healthy place instead of like a fear place. Okay. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. 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 Apology accepted on her behalf. On <laughs> 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 everyone's, all, all your friends and family. Right? I mean, I'm sure uh, you're working on it. You know? This yeah, is, still this, work in progress. Yeah. I'm not there yet, but Again, trying this, to. This, this isn't about, this podcast isn't about change. It's about sharing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You can live your life however you want to after you leave here, dude. You can just start fucking ha- like dunking on friends. <laughs> You know, yeah. You're like, yeah. This one's for funniest. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, yeah, cool, cool. That's definitely uh, pelvis chakra unlock. Thank you for sharing, mm-hmm. uh, Ansley. Keep it moving. So, Rob, how do you deal with disappointment? This is your gut chakra. Mm. Um, with disappointment, I found is not putting all your emotional eggs in one basket. That helps. Um, well, so whenever you, I had like pre deal with it, <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> in a way, yeah. Um, but it, it's following something genuine because I do have multiple interests and want to have like a more balanced life. So, you know, I have my lady, I have comedy, I also really love video editing. I'm getting into that, and I still love doing music, writing music, producing it, and having all those things kind of helps lessen the blow. Uh, I think when I was just going for music, when something went bad, it like it, it felt like I lost everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think it's a good way to move correct and morally sometimes because uh, I'll see people and it really depends on what motivates you. What's the best for you. But for me, I've noticed if I have too much riding on this, I'm not going to make the most clear moral decision. Mm-hmm. If like, I, I feel like this is everything. I feel like, um, I might sacrifice something just to make it work. But if I don't feel like it's my everything, then I'm more balanced. Cause I, I feel like I don't need it emotionally. Yeah. So you basically 
spread out your failures over many <laughs> hobbies and interests. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it's kind of what jujitsu can be for us in a lot of ways, where it's, uh, you know, you get choked there. Yeah. You know, it doesn't, like, it doesn't, doesn't matter. Like, I couldn't, even, I couldn't imagine really stressing out too much about bombing at a comedy show when bombing in jujitsu is you just so got murdered. Much more, yeah, like right. Painful. Just got murdered. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like gee you're, marks you know on your I mean? face. Yes, you're like, like oh, you, you come out a, a physically different person. Yeah. Right. You know? But that's a that's a that's a definitely a great way to handle. It. Now, can you think of a time when you were the most disappointed in yourself? And I always like to ask it in this frame. Mm-hmm. You know early theater stuff in school maybe uh you did sports did were, were you an athlete at any time because uh, th- those tend to be very crystallized moments for disappointment yeah um i think i was most disappointed when so i had a band in high school that did fairly okay but we put a song out and it wasn't good it wasn't like a ton of people were shitting on it but i just knew i had better in me and i was just so ashamed of mm-hmm. this song that went out and a part of it just made me feel like i should fucking quit this shit because yeah. i worked so hard on it and it just came out like shit and and I think the worst part was sending it to my friends for their opinion and seeing them feel bad for me. Hmm. And I, I think they could tell how much I was putting into it. I'm like, I want to be a musician. And then I just send them this dog shit song. Okay. And they're probably like, he's nuts for wanting yeah. to do this. So what was the song called? If you it was called... <laughs> Weekdays aren't the best days. <laughs> it was so bad, dude. Was this like your first, uh, like a first attempt at like writing your own music, or like like what made you push the song? It was so hard. It was like my first like high school band because I, I was in like bands in like middle school and stuff, but they were like kid bands. It was like whatever. Um, and then yeah, that that was like my first time really putting myself out there on a song yeah. and it was just so trash yeah it was just so trash and um, was, it, was it like uh what what, what what am i trying i don't know uh, music genres enough to ask this question as specifically as i want to but was it like um like a celebratory ballad for the weekend it was it was just like a pop punk kind of emo song kind of like do you know uh, like taking back sunday okay okay I don't know that, and I have to get my mind out of trying to work uh, that weekdays aren't the best days. Your song was the inverse of that song. It's Friday. It's Friday. Friday. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, <Yeah>. was it? <laughs> <laughs> no, like so, some people actually fucked with it a little bit, but I just hated it so much. Okay, Rob, you it, gotta no, give it, us the chorus. You gotta give us some of the song so, okay. we, so we have an idea of what you're talking um i don't know where to find the recording now i think i burned it but uh, the the lyrics were weekdays memory (laughs) 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 he has the lyrics tattooed on his inner thigh (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah, it was like weekdays aren't the best days and i could be myself but in the worst ways that 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 was 
Ah, oh, fuck. Wait, during the weekdays, you can be yourself in the worst <laughs> way? None of it made sense. It was horrible lyrics. Yeah. And it was very like angsty teen, like rebel without a cause kind of lyrics. Okay. It was super cringe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I think I think putting that much effort into it, and I just hated it. Like yeah. I hated my own shit. You were like taking Garfield to a whole nother level. It's like, you don't fuck with Mondays, dude. <laughs> <Yeah>. Weekdays. Yes. <laughs> all of them. Fuck them all. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, uh... Yeah, but I, I thought I was just legitimately bad at this, but I wanted to not be bad at it so much. Mm-hmm. And, and at that time, like I, I never overcame being really bad at something like that. So I just thought I was fucked. Yeah. But I, I wanted it really bad. So eventually it started proving and yeah, got a lot better. And I, I think getting better with that and then going into comedy in like a new field and not completely sucking with that helped yeah. a lot. Now, was there ever a time when you let your bandmates in that particular band know like, hey, I know weekdays aren't the worst days sucked. I apologize for pushing it so hard, but I, I, it was, that was different me. Thank you for being there for me guys. Um, damn, I don't, I don't even remember. It was so long ago. Uh, I remember I was kind of a tyrant. So no, the answer I was, kind, I was kind of a dickhead <laughs> yeah, back see, then. Who did we talked to somebody about bands and like the different personalities within a band. Oh so, man. We interviewed yeah. so many white guys, Ainsley. I don't know where to start. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you were the tyrant in the band. Like you were yeah. the one that was like, I, I was the worst when things started going well. Oh. Um, yeah. Was the other person we interviewed also the tyrant? Yeah, but there were, it was him and like another guy. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. He was like, who was it? I can't. I can't remember. <clears throat> but I do remember. Yeah. I, I remember now. Yeah, but so you were you were a tyrant. You were like, weekdays or the worst day is going to be on a fucking billboard someday and you just don't get it. No, I, I was, I, I kind of was like, we, we need to change our whole shit. And people were behind yeah. that because like. You're like, weekdays was it, aren't the worst days? They're, they're fine. We, we, so wait, <laughs> what, 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 yeah. they're fine. Yeah. But what was the title of the song again? Weekdays aren't the best days. Weekdays aren't the best days. I was in like ninth or tenth like, grade. I was like, "This is fucking genius." We're listening to the fo- the focus <laughs> yeah. groups. They're 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 not saying they love this. Uh, we got to change everything we do. Was that the song that made you guys made you say we got to change it all? Um. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I just pushed myself harder and I was definitely the most into it out of everyone in the band like I, I think everyone else was you know just having fun like mm-hmm. they, they just want to be in a high school band like have fun hang out drink party play some instruments and I'm like this is fucking everything dude <laughs> like I was way too intense for the situation but but then eventually we did put out some dope shit were they, was this a band you toured with the first time around? No. Um, Kicked them to the curb and found a new band? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, you guys can have weekdays on the best days, though. If you want it, you can keep it. I'm going to go with this new band. But yeah, you guys, you can, you guys can have that. It, it might still be on MySpace. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Um, All right. Well, we but can, yeah. yeah. We can consider that a disappointment chakra unlocked. Yeah. Suck at something, but just keep doing it until you stop sucking. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. Yes. There it is. 
and also spread out your failures. Yes. That was important too. Yes. You can't have everything in one basket. No. You see people like that in comedy where it just means so much to them. Yeah, it's a yeah. whole identity. Yeah. 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 I, I think you see it in relationships too. Mm. Yeah, you don't want you don't want to be with someone and you don't want to be that person where you have nothing going out uh, on outside of them. Yeah. How long have you been with the person you're with? Um a year now. Yeah, well how yeah. about you pipe down a relationship advice? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. I just, I just love doing that. Uh, yeah, but no, that's a very good point. <laughs> so you, made a very good, you made a very good point. Please don't disregard his point because of that dumb joke I just made. Um, yeah. So, uh, Ansley, keep us moving. So, Rob, what have you learned from grief? Do now I'm afraid people are going to get too wrapped up in a, a relationship now and like fucking tank it. <laughs> I was joking. That was good advice from a year and a half. You said. <laughs> It's like a year. Yeah. So anyway, keep it, keep it moving. Yeah, yeah. Heart chakra. So, Rob, what have you learned from grief? Um, I don't know. I, I, I always forget about grief. <laughs> <laughs> like, my uh, my grandma passed during uh, COVID. We had a funeral super fast, and. I didn't really register it. Uh, I still haven't registered it. Uh, my, my brain processes grief weird. Um, you kind of talk about grief like that quiet kid from your high school. Mm-hmm. that you He was in all your classes, but you don't realize he was there until... Oh, shit, yeah, he was He was there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for, I forgot about that guy. Yeah. Eric yeah. Kroom. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, he Every was class. there. He, up to? he was in all of my classes, like the smartest kid in the world. Yeah. But and uh, now he's dead. Is he? Yeah. All right. R.I.P. Eric Kroom. <laughs> All four of his eyes are gone. Yeah. But. So yeah. you forget about grief and then your grandma died recently? <laughs> Everybody act like they forgot about grief. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, when I'm. I've had a very complicated relationship with it because I've had. Some people close to me like overdose and die and stuff like that. And you know how overdoses go. <laughs> they die. Um, but I don't know. Sometimes things are just so horrible that I just fucking bury it. And then I process it later. Then I freak out. Then I'm good. I, I think there's something about it where I'm constantly trying to forget that our time is limited. And whenever I'm confronted with it, it's this very visceral weird feeling that I haven't come to terms with yet. So when you're doing comedy, do you freak out every time you get the light? <laughs> Inside baseball. I, I like that. I was retarded. <laughs> that, oh, thank you. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Um, By the way, yeah, I, I also, in comedy, when you get the light, that means your time is limited. <laughs> you're about to die. So, and also you see God when you see the light. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. Um, I also haven't lost a parent yet. I, I feel like that's going to be... What do the kids call it? Wild? <laughs> <laughs> what does your... When you say you freak out from it, like what does your like spiral involve? Like how do you... Yeah, I, I think it's like... It almost feels Truman Show-like. You record it? <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, and I, I turn it into content. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we're just like, it's almost too existential. Oh, so you feel like you're watching it. You're watching yourself. Or uh, in a way, or I, I feel like everything I've done is kind of just a distraction. It doesn't really matter. Like, I, I feel like we get so caught up in the minutia of shit that we forget. Or I don't want to talk for everyone else, but I forget that, you know, the time is limited and I don't know how I'm going to react when my time comes. Um, I don't know if I'm going to have any regrets. I don't know if I'm going to be pretty proud of what I did. Um, and yeah, uh, it makes me realize I've kind of put a lot of stock in the things that don't fucking matter. And it's very existential and scary. And it, and it feels very, very human, which sometimes I kind of run away from. I'm not great at addressing my feelings on a deep level. And I'm going to therapy today. <laughs> okay. Yes. Do you have strong opinions or feelings on what you think happens after death? I do not. Uh, I'm very agnostic. Okay. Um, and I, th- I think that's part of what scares me too because I, I um, sometimes chaos freaks me out. My therapist has, has told me I have OCD. So not having control sometimes freaks me out. Um, and yeah, I, I, I do think it's something greater possibly than what we could ever really know. Um, and yeah, and I feel like that kind of ties in with everything of trying to just put more energy into my relationships and stuff like that, because I feel like for a while I've just been chasing something that is it really going to do the trick in terms of feeling whole and, um, I don't know, just feeling good about life. Just, just, so your, yeah. your, your process of pushing down, dealing with later, freaking out as far as dealing with grief is concerned, what have you learned about grief through that process? Uh, I learned that it's important. I learned that, a lot of good stuff could come from grief. Oh, here's the thing. I watched my dad experience grief unfiltered with his parents that passed away when I was pretty young. Um, but that was like the first time I saw my dad, like, you know, ball his eyes out, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, and these your grandparents. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just seeing it hit him like that was very powerful and i i do think it's beautiful that he was that upset in a way um and i I was actually working on a bit but it never worked but i do feel this way about this angle where like my, my dad's parents passed away super close one after the other so my dad's my dad isn't jewish he's um like southern like jacksonville area mm-hmm like Leonard Skinner, like played his proms and stuff. Like they're fucking hicks. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, my, called him my peepaw and my nana. They they were crazy in love, like crazy in love. And my nana passed first, and then my peepaw died like pretty soon after. 
And I think that's a really good sign of a good relationship. You could tell how good their marriage was by how soon after they die after one another. Because he was so devastated that it just took him out. And I think that's kind of beautiful. I think the more you grieve, it's kind of a good thing in a way. She could have also been keeping him alive through like diet and exercise. You know how women be. And maybe through great head. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know the kind of head she gave. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know if that's necessarily, that is definitely a common thing. Um, but uh, I wouldn't use it as a metric for a good relationship. That is where I draw the line, Rob. Sydney's <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't have to die. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, well, I mean, it's like, dude, it's like, I mean, because I would want, if I, if, I, if I died, it's like, you know, I, I want you to be powered by our love mm-hmm. to like, you know, go out and do things with a zest that you can only match. You can, you can like, you got, you got to do stuff to match our love. Yeah. So if you do die, it would probably be in like a bungee cord accident or like a <laughs> skydiving mishap. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. You want it to be a very physically active death. Yeah, I want, I want, I want her to like, don't be a die, fucking couch like, potato about it. Live a live a thrilling life. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> to compensate for the lack of my love. Yeah, what I'm saying. Box jump into heaven. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, that so that was your that was your situation dealing with grief, watching your dad grieve his parents. He took it pretty hard because it was close, in you know it was it was close together. So what did you did you learn something from him dealing with it that you? You were like, I got to add this to me or like, because of this, I'll never do that. Um, I, I think, I think back then I was like, this is just sad. Like I, I didn't know what to do with it in hindsight. Um, it kind of made me want to be more vulnerable with how I love people because I, I think I I don't go all in sometimes because I am afraid of being that upset. Um, Because, yeah, I I never saw like a cry like that. That was like a true grief cry. Like body convulsing? Yeah. Um, And it's scary, but after thinking about it for a while, I think it's kind of beautiful. And I, I... and my mom experienced grief stif- uh, differently. She, she's very like, just get it done. What what are the logistics of the funeral? And she she tells me all the time. She's like, when I, when I die, don't, you know, don't carry it with you for that long. Like it's not a big deal, which I think is pretty cool in a way. But also at the same time, I think. Her and I kind of have that thing where we compartmentalize it a little bit. Yeah. So, ha- but have you ever cried like that? Like you saw your dad cry that day? Mm. Like, have you ever been like, "Oh my god, this is it. It's happening"? No. Um, just go full muppet. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be crying like that. <laughs> On tour, I cried pretty hard. That that might have been the hardest I cried on tour. Um, oh yeah, why? Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, we we were we were in Kansas City, we were out for a while, and 
you know, with, with the momentum of it, like you just got to keep moving. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of weird. You, you kind of get into this fog where you don't really address anything. And I was just bottling everything up, all my frustrations with where I was at or just little things that maybe some of the band members did to annoy me that really weren't that big of a deal, but I just kept it in for the sake of just keeping it going and and adding alcohol on top of it big mm-hmm. time. Because um, I, I was drinking heavily on the road, dude. Because you're so bored. Yeah. So, yeah. So it, it was just all that. And then just in Kansas, Kansas City, I fucking lost it, dude. Rob. What the fuck was the straw that broke the Campbell's back? You know what we're asking. <laughs> um, fuck, I'm trying to think. I, I have a bad memory, and it gets harder because the older I get, there's more shit to remember. Yeah, especially Fucking... after a cry like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I I think I just yes okay so I I like went off and like kind of like got lost in Kansas City like mm-hmm. I wasn't answering my phone super way more dramatic than I had to be. Um, but just hammered. And then my guitarist found me. Um, and he wasn't a dick about it, but I could just tell he was disappointed in me. <laughs> and I think that was the last thing where I was, I just lost it. I was like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> you, you lost the game of hide and seek and you just started crying. Is this, it's like he found you and you were, you bawled. Do you ball in front of him? We came to the conclusion that he is still it. yeah that's pretty crazy that's that's definitely a grief chakra unlocked yeah yeah Ansley keep it moving all right Rob this is your throat chakra what is a favorite lie that you have told or tell you get extra karmic points if it's still in rotation but it could be a childhood lie I think fake laughing is my favorite lie I do it too much I think I really started doing it in high school because I, I think that was when I was becoming more socially aware. But I don't know. I, I think I do it for multiple reasons. I, I think it is like an attempt to make people feel more comfortable. Um, because sometimes if I like, like growing up, if I told a joke that bombed, because I always love saying weird shit. Friend, and like people didn't really get it. So whenever I said a laugh or said a joke that didn't get a laugh, I felt kind of misunderstood in a way. Mm-hmm. So in like an interpersonal thing, when I laugh, it's kind of what I hope to do with it is like make them feel maybe like a little more understood, a little more comfortable. But then there is also a manipulative thing about it for like a job interview where like I'll definitely like fake laugh for you know to come off more likable or agreeable you know for them to buy into me a little bit and like that kind of setting so i've been thinking about the fake laugh a lot trying to get better at laughing when i mean it for the most part you know what i mean i do now do you is there is there a reason for that or is it just a general reason for that has there been has there been a moment where you're like ah shouldn't have did that or do you ever worry, do you ever think about whether or not somebody can tell that your laughter is fake when you're fake laughing? Um, some of my friends have called me out on it. 
Um, but for the most part, I don't know. I, I think I think I've really noticed it from podcasting. Like watching or listening to that back, I'm like, damn, I'm doing this a lot. And mm-hmm. like maybe I notice it more. Um But yeah. Do you fake laugh at all? I don't. I really respect. I mean, it's, it's not even for like, I, I just really enjoy the the fact that laughter gets pulled out of you. Yeah. You know, like that, that, um, that not being able to not laugh is a fun feeling for me. Yeah. So I, I'm like, I'm, I don't know if I'm constantly chasing that, but it's like, you know, I'm just like, oh, this is happening again. Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> it's like, yeah. So I just have, I, I enjoy, I, I, I really enjoy laughter. It's, um. It's a reflex that I enjoy. I mean, I love laughter. Laughing hard as fuck is like my favorite thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, fake laughing know. also takes way more energy than natural laughter. It is exhausting. It's, it yeah, it tires you out, and it's uh. So that's another reason why I don't do it. I find it to be woefully inefficient. It is. Uh, I find myself very exhausted after. Social interactions, especially in groups. Yeah, when see, I, and I'm the opposite way. I usually have so much fun, I feel charged up. Hell yeah! You know what I mean? Because it's just like a bunch of natural laughter. It's the exact opposite of exhausting. It's exuberating. Yeah. Exuberant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I said. It's a lawyer term. <laughs> yeah, exuberating. <laughs> I um, believe you are exuberating the witness. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, I couldn't say that at all. Um, overjoyed. All right, so fake laughter, that's a good lie. Mm-hmm. I like that one. That's, that's a definitely answer. a current lie. Yeah, you yeah. Know? It's, uh, all right, that is a throat chakra unlocked. Ansley, keep it moving. We are to the third eye chakra, so we're out of the physical and into the metaphysical. Ooh. So, Rob, what is something that you've always thought of as separate, but as you've gotten older, you've learned that it's really the same? Hmm. Peanut butter and chocolate, they belong together. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I think who who I was as a kid and who I am now. I think they're very similar. I think, you know, who, who you are as a kid kind of gets muddied through experience and stuff like that. And then you, you, you the, the childlike self is still in you, I feel like. But... Maybe through experience or social pressure, you just change. Like, I, I feel like I, I've heard things where someone's like 70 and they're like, man, I still feel like I'm like 21 on the inside, but my body is dying. Yeah. Um, and, and I kind of feel that way with being a kid. And I, I've been trying to pay attention to my childlike joys a little more. Um, we're just like being silly as hell or... You know, I, I always loved just making home videos when I was a kid. I just got like pure joy out of it. And I didn't want to like get famous from it or anything like that. I just loved making it with my friends and like showing it to my parents and stuff like that. And like we would all laugh together and like it was like pure joy. And I just really liked that. And then I think over time, you know, you, you gain more responsibilities and ego gets involved and you know, it kind of can corrupt what's pure about you. And and I think that, that pure shit, when you're a kid, is still in there. You just got to unlock that shit, baby. 
Okay. Unlocking some pure joy. Now, <laughs> what, what, what was going to, how am I going to phrase this question? Give me a second. So, are you, are you more saying that, hmm, I don't want to say more saying, uh, I don't, dude, I don't want to lead the witness at all. <laughs> I really, <laughs> um, objection, leading, sorry. Uh, sustained. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you that, huh? Yeah, I had to fit. I couldn't yeah, not. Yeah. Okay. It's beautiful um, seeing a black man do all of the court. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Look how far yeah. we've come. Yeah. <laughs> My lawyer's trying to get me arrested. He set me up. <laughs> um, so when you say that you're the same as when you were a kid, now are you saying that joy is joy? Like joy, joy doesn't change from when you're a kid to you're an adult. Yeah. Or are you saying the algorithm that you use to process joy is the same? Hmm. I think what my natural interests are and yeah, the the simple the the algorithm, I guess. Like the, the algorithm's still the same. Okay. I think that's what you meant. Now you're going to have to take it a little bit further because I don't quite know what an algorithm is. <laughs> <laughs> no, but how would you, how would you then apply that to what you're saying? If we're, if we're using an algorithm example. Um, okay. So using the example of like loving to just make home videos because mm-hmm. I just loved the act of doing it. Now ego kind of gets involved and you know, understandably so the pressure of wanting to make a living and, stuff like that from what you love. So I'm not just doing it cause I love it. Like I'm, I'm taking all these other external factors into account when I'm doing it. Okay. Um, and it kind of changes how it is for me. So if you don't mind me, it seems so over time, the external factors kind of took precedent over the fact that you loved it. Right. So much so that it seemed like the reason you were doing it were for the external factors. Yes. But truly, the reason why we're doing these things is because of the, the pure joy, the pure right. childlike joy of the thing. Right. Um, loving it despite the outcome. I, I, yeah, yeah, I like that. Because sometimes I think about that a lot with like, you know, jujitsu and you're competing and you're like making yourself crazy, like getting nervous about things. You're like, why am I doing this? Like, it doesn't even matter. But you're like, you take a step back and you're like, I love the challenge of this, you know, like, right. yeah. So it's like reconnecting to that, like why that, that joy, that base joy. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard because, you know, life throws pressure on baby. Yeah. 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 And it's hard not to take that into account because you do have to. Mm hmm. That, that, that's the weirdest part about stand-up in a way, where it's like, to do your job, you have to get external validation in the form of laughs. You're not doing it. In my opinion, it, in a way, it's not stand-up comedy unless people are laughing, like in that moment. Like a booker wouldn't consider you doing your job, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so with, with that as your career... And ch- constantly chasing that external validation because that's what the job is. How do you separate that from your personal life? Like, how do you not chase that external validation all the time? It's hard to separate, but I think it's important to. I've been trying. I'm not there yet, but I'm trying. Okay. 
I, when you said bass joy in my head, I was trying to make a free bass and joy joke and it never really came to me. <laughs> I'm, I'm really disappointed in that. I'm yeah. better than that. But just know that somewhere out there in the universe is a free bass and joy joke. <laughs> it's going to be made. It's soon. out there. Yeah, yeah. it's out. It's going to happen. <clears throat> um, Ansley. I hope my answers haven't been too weird. Are they weird? No. No. They're your All answers. Right. All right. Yeah. It's All like, right, cool. you know, every, every, every time a person comes on this show, uh, it is being revealed to us and the people watching this show how different another person can answer these questions. There you go. Yeah. And, uh, but it's interesting because it's like, I feel like it's in a way that we're all connected. It you know? is. It's yeah. different, but. Yeah. And it's like, you. there's also an opportunity to reveal, uh, we all have these, we all have, so I, I use the example of uh, people think of themselves as a period, but we're really an asterisk being that each of those lines is a different component of what makes us who we are. Now, if you look at, if you pull back really far from that asterisk, it's going to look like a period. But as you're getting close, you can see all the different components of it. Yeah. A lot of those components that we have, we don't even remember that we have them until somebody like you comes along and reveals that angle for us. It's like, oh yeah, that was in me all the, the whole time. You know yeah. what I mean? So yeah, it's like, I, I would never, I would never judge anybody's answers on this show. <laughs> You know, it's Fair. Like, yeah, it's uh, so third eye chakra unlocked, mm-hmm. free base and joy. Yeah, <laughs> it's out there. Ansley. All right. Final chakra. We're at the crown chakra. Ooh. So, Rob, this is a two part question. What is one thing you can't give up and why? And what would giving it up mean? Mm. I don't think I could give up creating stuff. Always, that's just what I was um, leaning towards my whole life. Like, I, when I was seven, like, I liked writing songs. Like I was saying earlier, I always loved making videos. I like just creating stuff. Um, and, you know, the, the older I get, the more I realize it doesn't just have to be music. It doesn't just have to be stand-up. It doesn't just have to be podcasting. Like, I could just have fun with creating whatever... I'm interested in and I think whenever I'm done making something I feel the most cleared mentally um that's the closest I get to like a meditation in my life just um having fun and making something especially with other people that's the closest I feel to people sometimes when we're both working together and making something um and yeah I I I think if I didn't do that, um, I would probably be very angry and probably not be a joy to be around because, yeah, I I think I just wouldn't feel fulfilled personally, so I'd probably take that out (laughs) on others. I feel like if if I'm not making stuff that I'm super psyched about, I, I just don't feel fulfilled. Yeah. And you'd have less things to spread out your failures. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes. So it would all just fall on my dick, which would be a problem. <laughs> Can't put that much pressure on one man's dick. <laughs> no one dick should have all that power. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a like a Leonardo DiCaprio movie, One Man's Dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Rob, that was it. How do you feel, man? I feel good. Yeah, uh, I, I do feel like I let something go a little bit. Oh, yeah? 
Yeah. Nice. And uh, do you have time to actually stick around and do our Patreon? I do. Yeah. Which, to remind you guys, our Patreon is $1. Get you all of our exclusive content, which not only includes the counter to this podcast that you just watched, which we call Two Jack Bros After Dark, in which we enlighten Rob's shadow self, but we also do some fight commentary and analysis on Ansley's jiu-jitsu matches, and I throw some comedy stuff on there sometimes. We get it up there. Yes. $1 gets you all of the exclusive content. Come and join the cult. And once we get up to a certain amount, Ansley and I are going to get tattoos. Mm-hmm. All, in, all paid for... By the patrons. All on Sydney's dick. <laughs> Ooh. Ansley's going to get a tattoo on my dick. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, also, check out Rob's podcast, Do Rag and the Deer Tag. And what's the other one again? Uh, what Up with Rob and Cody. What Up with Rob and Cody. Cody writes, very funny guy. Um, Cody rules. So, yeah, check them out. And thank you so much for listening, guys. We really appreciate it. And we are out. See ya. Two Jack Rose! Two Jack Rose!